We are good. We are in September 1st. It's the day we're recording. I made out of August alive. August didn't want me on this planet anymore. <laughs> Tell August you missed. September, I ain't afraid of you. Careful. <laughs> September, I ain't afraid of you. Let's get it. Hey. Let's get it. Speaking of fears, I, I do have a new uh, irrational fear. A new one? A new one. A new one. Did, did, did I ever tell you my first, like, two irrational fears? I have two strong irrational fears. I know one of them, but I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. Okay. Well, one of them is I am afraid that I'm going to get poop on the back of my shirt when I go to the bathroom. Right? <laughs> okay. So so much so that when I do go number two, especially in public, if I'm wearing something nice, mm-hmm. I will either A, like, fold it, fold my T-shirt up. Mm-hmm. So that my, my, my belly button's exposed okay. and my back, mm-hmm. so I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I take off the shirt if I don't want it to wrinkle. I go that far. Okay. Right? Sometimes I'll take the shirt and I'll take the bottom of it and I'll bring it up through my neck mm-hmm. as if I have some titties just to make sure that I'm good to go. Okay. Right? So that's... That's not that uncommon. That's normal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. So number two. Because num- remember, women wear dresses and we, the, all of these things is something we just do even when we pee. So welcome to okay. the party. All right. Yeah. So number two would be, I'm afraid that I'm going to get caught jerking off. Not by you, but by my camera on my iPhone. So, so if I use the iPhone, Mm -hmm. I hold it a certain way so that either my thumb is over the camera or like if I turn it landscape, like the palm of my hand is over the camera (laughs) because I'll be so afraid that somehow I end up on the internet and it's like a nose up (laughs) shot of me. (laughs) Satisfying myself to something that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's probably not that weird either. Okay. I just don't know how many people talk about it. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah. So the new one, the new one, the new one, bed bugs. I have a, okay. I I don't. Okay. So I found out that I have a super irrational fear of bed bugs now because when the day that I broke out in hives, I thought it was possible that I had bed bugs. From where? The hospital? Yes, exactly. From the hospital. Okay. So after I got out the shower and I'm scratching myself and I'm going all crazy because mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep anyway, I look like a crazy person. I took my cell phone light and I'm, you know, going up the corner of the bed uh-huh. and I'm looking at the sheets because I'm thinking it's bed bugs. And then I saw, remember, I did the same stuff before when I went to Mississippi. Remember when I got stuck in Mississippi? Yeah. So we had to stay in like this crappy hotel because we had, it was like a motel Mm -hmm. because we had nowhere to go. So when I came back home for days, I kept checking. Yeah, because that's how it happened. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe I have like this irrational fear. I don't think it's irrational. I'm so afraid of having I do the same thing if I bring stuff back from somewhere. Because once you have it, you have it. Like, what do you, what do you do at that point? Oh, you got to throw the whole bed away. Yeah. You got to, yeah. And like, it's a whole process. Assuming you catch it on time. Assuming. Right. Assuming. And you don't know. Yeah. Yikes. Ew, uh. <laughs> all right. All right. Do you have any rational fears? Um, I think they're rational. All the things you just said make sense to me. 
you don't that's have not irrational. You don't. Have, I'm a hypochondriac. So, so everything, everything, everything. Yeah. Gets you going. And you know that I, I'm a pessimist. So this is everyday life for me. What you're describing. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm 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 trying before we get too deep into the podcast. I'm making sure audio's right because we're using it sounds new good microphones. To me. Yeah, it's, it sounds good. It sounds good. I'm just looking at the level. So mm-hmm. before we get in too deep, I don't want to, you know, make sure fully commit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ready? Sure. All right. All right. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Feelings First Facts Later podcast. I go by the name Nathan Mitchell, and I am accompanied by the lovely Christina, Hi. and we are here. We are here. Nothing is holding us down. And we actually uh, we actually have a lot to talk about today. We do. We do. We do. So today is going to get serious at some point. But, yeah. um, but, but, but before we get to the serious, I want to I want to have a little bit more fun. A little okay. bit more fun. So um, I, I do want to tell you, and I don't think I've told you this before, but anytime you come here, anytime you I, come, when you come here uh-huh. and you leave. I, I think it's because, you know, it, the Wi-Fi knows that you've been on the network and all this other stuff. Uh-huh. Anytime you leave here, I start getting Spanish ads on YouTube. Really? Spanish speaking ads on YouTube. Do you get them at your house? I don't even, I don't watch YouTube. Nothing. Mm-mm, so that's so, weird. So how does it know? I don't know because I don't watch YouTube. And, huh. So that's really strange. Somehow it knows that you speak Spanish. Because it's it's only like, but I don't even speak Spanish like that, and I don't watch Spanish shit. I'm not making this up. That's so weird. I'm not making this up. And for whatever reason, it thinks I, somehow I download Spanish with my <laughs> through your pussy. So <laughs> the only thing that's a lot of Spanish is Apple Music. Ah, see. But it's not. I don't watch anything on YouTube. Mm, maybe it's Apple. I guess. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but it thinks it. That's so weird. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Hmm. You're welcome. No, work I don't on want your Spanish. No, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I know enough to get you know someone through therapy, but that's about it. As mm-hmm. far as you know, day to day conversation, you can have it. Maybe one day. You, you just speak start- more Spanish than my children, probably. Well, that's an accomplishment, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Speaking of ads, though, not really ads, but as far as like the the internet listening to us and, Mm -hmm. you know, updating things based on what we were talking about. So, uh, you know, the other day we had conversations about what two episodes ago, we had conversations about people that were obese. Right. Right. So since then, since then I have been getting ads on weight loss, right. But done in a different way, in a way where instead of focusing on diet and meal prepping and things like that, it's been more focusing on the psychology of people. And attacking it from that direction. Isn't that something that you said? To, say that again. Isn't that something that you you talked about? During when you talked about obesity. During the episode, I think so. Or maybe we I had a separate conversation. Up that episode, I don't remember. I, <clears throat> and my brain still isn't firing at all at all cylinders right now. Did we talk about it during that? Or I don't know because we've had many like off the mic conversations. So maybe I'm thinking about something else. Well, we're on the mic now. Yeah, we're on the mic now. But I thought it was an interesting way of attacking everything, just with the whole mental health and everything going mm-hmm. on. I uh, I, I found it pretty interesting that uh, it seems that they're becoming more and more aware of just not even that, because first of all, look, I, this is not going to be an episode. I'm not going to attack big girls anymore. I swear to God, <laughs> especially now I'm a skinny nigga. So 
truth be told, truth be told, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of like out of your market now. What do you mean? You you deserve, you know, a, a, a buff nigga. You <laughs> I don't know what, what that that's, means. That's good to go. <laughs> now, you don't listen. I lost 30 pounds in the past month. Yeah. 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 Going through a lot, a lot, a lot. So, I know. But, but well, with that, it's I don't like it for me because it's like we don't weigh that much different. When you told me how much you weighed, I was like, yeesh. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like so, the gap is very narrow. So you agree <laughs> that I am out of your life? No, like, I don't think because you. I told you this before when we talked about preferences. I don't have a body type preference. Mm-hmm. I just said not like too skinny. See, I think I think that like if there's a tax bracket, right? There's got to be a woman bracket, and right now I'm in the big white girl bracket. Well, because of preference, woman. huh? Well, because of preference. We mean. Because they like skinny black dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. So I'm there now. Right. I'm for them. But it's not like, I'm not that's for what you. qualifies. I'm not, I'm not for you now. <laughs> okay, baby. I, I, I mean, gotta, I don't I know what that work, means. I had a word to get back in your good graces, <laughs> but I see how you look at me now. You do you do kind of look at me a little bit sideways. No, I don't. I see. Uh-huh. You're a liar, <laughs> Nathan. For those of you who don't know me in person or don't know what, what we're talking about here, I was recently sick with uh, the coronavirus for the entire month of august legit from august 1st yeah i didn't start feeling normal until about maybe yesterday two days ago Mm -hmm. so legit the entire month of august i've been completely under the weather yeah to one degree or another yeah battling twice not once but damn near damn near twice Mm -hmm. so um i lost 30 pounds i lost 30 pounds not intentionally and it wasn't fat or anything like that so it's not weight that i'm proud of of losing i was actually a pretty muscular guy yeah. But now I'm uh I went from one ninety six to one sixty five. I'm slowly, slowly climbing back up. Now I'm on, you know, the right medicine and people aren't trying to take you don't me look off this plane anymore. Skinny though. I know it's like cause you have a preference and that's just like but also I didn't have a basis for comparison, but I'm sure at some point you were skinny. Er. You saw my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but the, look, she's being really nice to me right now. Look, I, I'm not gonna put my ass on the internet. But if anyone yeah, no. has ever seen an old man's ass, uh, that's old so man. I used to I used to squat. I used to squat, I and I had a nice you squat man a booty. booty. I had yeah. a nice squat I've man. Talked booty. about it before. All right, all right, all right. So that skin does not <laughs> disappear. When you lose weight, that skin stays. Well, it's just it's ready for you to fill it back up. It's ready for me to fill it back up. Mm -hmm. But until I fill it back up, it looks like an old man's ass. It looks like a deflated balloon. So when I stand (laughs) and you're and you're standing at me from the side, I look like a stick. Like I have a straight ass back and there's like a little (laughs) fold at the bottom. So it almost looks like like a nose. You're exaggerating some, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It looks you're exaggerating, but mm-hmm. in due time, <laughs> in due time, in due time. But um, mental health is going to be um, twenty twenty one is 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 going to be it's going to be rough. Yeah, it's been rough. It's been and rough. we're eight months. We're almost done, and we're it's ramping. I'm worried about twenty twenty two. If we're uh, being honest, as far as like the the aftermath everything. of everything, yeah, because it's just like. Now we're feeling the aftermath of last year. While people were freaking out about it happening in the moment, Mm -hmm. 2021 has been dealing with the bullshit of 2020. And 2021 has been fucking crazy too. So then that's what 2022 is going to be. Dealing with the bullshit of this year and the year before. It's a little concerning. Yeah, but I feel like like last year, uh, 
a lot of people got to dodge a lot of bullets because of the whole coronavirus wasn't as aggressive as it seems to be this year. Yeah, but then those, there was other bullets that hit people. So maybe coronavirus didn't affect you personally, but then people with work and so many other aspects or knowing people who were sick. So I don't think, I think everybody felt it to one degree or another. You don't think a lot of that was countered with so many people coming up? <clears throat> Like coming up, making money, whether it be unemployment checks, whether it be PPP loans or just whatever. Because a lot of people that I know, like they came up from the coronavirus as far as financially goes. So even though they were, you know, stuck in one area, as long as you weren't that that type of person where you saw a roadblock and you just so, okay, well, the Mm -hmm. road shut down. What do I do from here? Mm -hmm. If you were the type of person that can at least navigate around that roadblock to still get to where you want to get to. You know, I think there was like maybe that little buffer. And again, it's it's not if it wasn't financial. Like I know I had my children home. Right. And I work from home. Right. That was not a pleasant experience. So I'm just saying I feel like if it wasn't health, if it wasn't finance, it was your home life, it was people getting their ass beat at home. There was domestic issues. Like it I don't think anyone left twenty twenty unscathed in some way. Okay. Is what I'm saying. I can agree with that. And then now we're dealing with last year's stuff now. Right, right, right. right. And this year's been crazy too in different ways. Yeah. Some similar. Yeah. Mm. I'm just, I'm just really, um, it scares me. It really scares me to see what the, what the aftermath is going to look like, especially with, you know, and it's going to sound cliche Game of Thrones, but I mean, winter is coming. You know, we have flu season coming up. You know, we have, you know, the babies are back in school and yeah. now children are getting sick and all these other things that are going on. Yeah. It's it's um it's really, really concerning. And and you and I could both attest that a large amount of the people that we know have now gotten it. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. if you and I could sit here and say that, how many other people out there can sit there and say, Yeah, a large amount of the people that I know has gotten it. And you know, right. and who's gonna get it? And then what's gonna what's gonna come of that and How's that going to be? And and maybe maybe I'm just overly sensitive because of my experience and how traumatic my experience was with the whole virus. Yeah. And I and I think it's safe to say that most people that that come down with this thing, they're not going to experience anything close to what I experienced. Well, that's I, been the trend. Of course, of like course. Yours is not a a common situation. Right. right. And thankfully so, because I do not wish that upon anybody. And mm-hmm. of course, not to steal the spotlight, there are people that have experienced worse than me. Some mm-hmm. people have lost it all, you know, yeah. um, I was able to dodge that bullet, but, but I think yours is different because it was so unexpected because from what was trending was like someone who, or people who have had the experience you have, you had is because they were either obese or had underlying health issues or so many other things. Mm-hmm. You weren't hearing about someone so healthy having the experience that you had. Right. So I guess that's what was different about it right because we've talked about it like even before i was like even if i do get covid which i assumed would happen at some point i didn't think it would be that bad of course not of course not. We, yeah of course we, we were very very realistic about the whole mm-hmm. entire thing yeah but we but we were also walking around gangster about it like yeah whatever you know we'll be good to go but my idea on that has changed entirely yeah and i think while i agree with you a part of me has to be very careful because I don't, which is how I felt about it before. Like, I don't want to live in fear. No, 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 no. I don't want to walk around paranoid. Right. 
because that's very easy to do, right. especially after your experience and me seeing your experience. Like, it's really easy to now just be like, I don't want to go anywhere. I'm freaked out. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's this fine line. I don't know, for me, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it, truth be told, COVID wasn't the thing that I was afraid or COVID isn't the thing that I'm afraid of. Right. Especially given the experience that I went through, that to me was something that I was able to kind of navigate through, and it was just more annoying than anything. It was the pneumonia that but really. But isn't it always the pneumonia? <clears throat> like, isn't that what takes people out? Right, but you that, know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but that, but that was the battle that I faced that not everyone faces, and maybe when they do face to it to a certain degree, right. where it's a mild case, it's something that they can you know pass up or like some sort of like minor respiratory you know, mm-hmm. disease or whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I don't know shit from shit, but I know just having that pneumonia, that was that if, if there's anything that I fear, it will be the fear of getting that again, because that to me was when you have pneumonia, are you more susceptible to yeah, getting it? Is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now it's just one of those things that I have to be mindful of moving forward in life, which is so crazy to think because I was always such an athletic person and, you know, my lungs have always served me well. You know, I've never, never would have thought in a million years that this would be it. But, you know, now it is. I'm I'm thinking like the only other person that I know that's had pneumonia close to me also has asthma. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like assumed, okay, they already have weak lungs or whatever the lungs that have an underlying condition. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't that weird for them to get pneumonia. And maybe, you know. maybe the fact that I am young and the fact that, you know, I did have, you know, very healthy lungs prior to it, that, that I, I think, objectively speaking, I don't know how my lungs were. What if they weren't, you know, as healthy as I thought they were from the very beginning? Yeah. It's not like there's no way to gauge there's it. There's no way to gauge it. I you don't just know. You never right. had problems. Right. I don't go and get, you know, chest x-rays yeah. and CT scans Hence with the word you know, underlying. Thing. Right. So we don't know. There's that. But, you know, maybe, maybe the fact that I am a little bit younger and, you know, I have a lot of time to. Um, heal my lungs it's gonna be to your that it's quite possible that I might not have to worry about this mm-hmm. when I'm 50, 60, 70 years old that hey you had pneumonia back when you were 34 now you have to be concerned now you have about- to be really concerned mm-hmm. about it I might be you know out of the woods yeah but tying that back into mental health you know just all the trauma and everything that people are facing today mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm so glad that you know, I can see ads that talk about, hey, let's not, you know, try to uh, uh, cure obesity with diets. Let's try to cure obesity with speaking to these people and figure out what's going on because it's pushing us in the right direction of, hey, these people are going to really need to recover mentally with everything before we can continue to move forward as a society. Well, I feel like that's a step in the right direction. And I don't know if the fact that people started treating addiction that way has opened the doors to, hey, maybe we need to start treating other things this way. Because right. it wasn't up until that long ago that it was acknowledged that addiction is a mental health issue. Right. You know? Or even bullying or trauma and things like that. Like yeah. a lot of stuff has been really, really brought in, in, into the light as far as mental health. And I know this is just beating a dead horse because this has been a, a topic for, like you said, the past couple of years. But just tying it into this, I really think that that's that that is going to be what is going to help push us into 2022 and keep us where we need to be. Because I think I really do. I really do think that this winter and I hope I'm wrong is going to be very eye opening for a lot of people. Yeah. 
And uh, the month of August was very eye opening for myself and anyone that's been involved with, you know, me, whether it be personal, like loved ones like you, my parents, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, even people that, I, you know, that I work with or has been following me during my whole recovery mm-hmm. and supporting me in that, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's been very eye opening for them as well. Yeah. Because. And even people <clears throat> who like friends of ours or like you're saying loved ones who maybe were on the fence even we're not going to go down this road about getting the vaccine right right, right hearing right. things like your experience have been like you know what i think i'm just gonna do it type of thing right so i've heard a lot of that. it's been that too so one way or the other it's been eye-opening for people and i'm not like uh like pushing the vaccine or anything like that now that right. this has happened to me it's not like i'm saying oh you should get it you should get it da, da, da. no the only thing i've ever been preaching is whatever you decide to do just make sure you prepare yourself and that's right. something that we talked about in the previous did we talk about that in the previous episode or did we did we let it go or did i talk about that on a different platform what did you say oh you know i talked about th- that on a different platform i talked about that on my um on, on youtube okay youtube so um, anyone out there that 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 doesn't follow me on YouTube, Mister Dot Ten Thirty One, I have it linked in the um, the description of this um, podcast. But uh, anyone that's out there that's interested in hearing about what I went through as far as COVID nineteen goes and um, some of the tips and tricks, I guess you could say that that I put out there to maybe help prepare yourself without us having to repeat repeat ourselves with that. You could go ahead and check that out, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's a good um, good resource for anyone out there that's you know, trying to protect their family. And from, to know that you can be prepared and you, they, can be, you don't, right. we don't hear about that. Right. It's just the fear and the numbers and this and people dying. And it's mm-hmm. just like, at no point do you ever hear, but they at least let the people know that you can be prepared. Exactly. To an extent. Right. You don't know what's going to happen, right. but there, you can be prepared. Right. Because usually whenever I tell my story to people, that's like, Hey, where have you been? You know, what's going on? Like you look crazy different. What happened to yeah. you? I tell my story and I follow up with you. And how you saw what I went through. And then you said, okay, pause. Let me go to the ER. Mm-hmm. Let me demand this from my doctor. Mm-hmm. And you demanded, what, three medications. Mm-hmm. And who's to say what would have happened with you? But Had your I experience not, with COVID yeah. was nothing co- in comparison to mine. Mm-mm. But regardless of if it would have happened to you or not, it's anecdotal. We would never know. But, but I had that awareness. You had that awareness. And yeah. it gave you the tools mm-hmm. that you needed to fight it, which... You know, and honestly, been, uh, save, for save me, your life. Right. right, me doing that and then having a conversation with someone who I knew who was going through it at the same time, right. then they did the same, same thing. thing. Right. And now they have this awareness. Exactly. So. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. 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 So, uh, I don't know. I just, um, it, I, I, just going through this entire experience has really been eye opening to me in, in so many different ways because, you know, I've always been a clinician, right? So mm-hmm. I've always been the one looking at the patient sitting in the bed. And I always thought that I was able to, you know, understand and empathize. But now I really have the ability to empathize with these people that are in the bed because I spent so much time in the bed yeah. as a patient looking up at, at other people. Yeah, and, depending um, on other people. Right, right, know. right. And being on both sides as far as, you know, the whole mental health aspect goes, you know, I'm I'm seeing, you know, nurses out there, they're struggling, mm-hmm. you know, doctors out there and, you know, some of the decisions that, that they're making, you know, because they're exhausted. Yeah. And, you know, some of the things that they might have to live with later on in life because they make these hasty decisions because they're they're overworked, you know. Yeah, and understaffed. Right. 
and they're tired mm-hmm. and underpaid. Right. And the list goes on. Right. Yeah. It's traumatic. Right. Because yeah. my even my experience in the hospital, you know, I know that I was an easier patient as far as, you know, I was kind of able to fend my, for myself and I knew what to do because I am a clinician. So even when the nurses and the doctors came in to spend time with me, they really didn't have to spend too much time explaining to me and doing things with me. But at, at, because they felt comfortable enough to speak to me, they would tell me how exhausted they were. And they would tell yeah. me about the things that are going on out there. So I know that I'm just one of 50, 60 people, oh, if not more, yeah. that they're out there seeing. Right. And, you know, it's just. Remembering that they're people like mm-hmm. you, you have because you're in that field. But it's right. just like for people out there to remember, like they're people. They're worried about getting sick. They have kids at home, too. You don't know if somebody at home is sick. Like there's a lot. I feel I, oh God, I feel really sorry for nurses right now. Mm hmm. It's rough. Yeah. It's rough. And then, you know, given my entire second experience in, in the hospital, you know, it was a little a little bit different. Um, and I was almost a victim of them making a, a, a hasty decision because of whatever it may be, you know, and I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to say this and it, it seems like that I'm giving them an excuse Right. But I also want to have a a level of understanding that maybe this was coming from a place of, you know, them seeing a lot of people. But as you know, my my second experience in a hospital wasn't as bright as the the first one. Yeah. But I I still and going off of what you just said, I think that a lot of things were done incorrectly, in my opinion, even just. And I think it's important to say, too, that the type of hospital you were in. Cause I think what you're going to get into, it matters. These preconceived notions okay. that you experience. Well, for the sake of disclosure, we won't, we won't say okay. what type of hospital that okay. I was in. Okay. But cause, okay. If I served in the right. <laughs> armed forces, yeah. I would go to this hospital. Yeah. Let's put it that There's way. that. There's that. There's that. Cause I don't, yeah. The assumptions that were made, I think, have a lot to do with that part, too. There's a stereotype. Well, I don't know. Well, I, I guess we'll just kind of go into that story to give the listeners a little bit of understanding yeah, of what's, think- what's going on. So um, after, after I made a home from the hospital, I was given uh, medication to take in order to help combat the inflammation that was going on with my lungs in order to help the recovery of my lungs. And it, it turns out I was actually having a negative response from the medication I was taking, but it, we weren't finding out that we were having it or that I was having a negative response until, you know, a little bit later on in Almost the week. Almost a week. Uh, well, it, well we, it started about a couple of days in yeah. right? where we started noticing that I was getting a rash and that yeah. my, my. But before you tied it to the medication, it was almost a week that you were taking it before you were just like maybe it is less than a week yeah less than a week because i started taking it that saturday and and i went i stopped taking it on friday yeah so a little bit less than a week so um started noticing that i had a rash and my heart rate was elevating now when i was in the hospital my heart rate was fine everything was good to go Mm -hmm. um i was on medication that was keeping me pretty stable i don't want to name any of the medications that i was on um just for the, the purposes of not creating any paranoia in anyone yeah. that may have to have these medications because this is something that is, you know, 
particular to me and my mm-hmm. experience. Um, and, and relatively and is, rare. Rare. Right. Right. Yeah. It is a it is a rare experience. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to I don't want to scare anyone out there by, you know, saying any names. But um, I did. I, I ended up stopped, stopped taking the medication because what you know, what I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I ended up breaking out in hives on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Thursday night around 1130 out of nowhere, my body broke out in hives damn near from head to about head to growing area. Mm-hmm. So from my head to my crotch, I was itching pretty, pretty bad, which is why, you know, I thought maybe it could have been bed bugs because I didn't know what was going on. I, mm-hmm. I was fine throughout the day and then bang, out of mm-hmm. nowhere. So the next day, my heart rate was really elevated before it was kind of around the hundreds, which was really, really high for me. I'm usually in the sixties, but, um, towards, towards the end of that day. And then going into Friday, just standing up and brushing my teeth, my, heart rate was going into the 130s which is something that is not usual for me at all not even when I'm running or doing things like that so I knew something was off so I ended up calling the uh, doctor that was on call at the hospital and she told me to go ahead and stop taking the medication and take myself into the uh, ED in order to make sure that um it wasn't anything that had to do with my heart. So they wanted me to do an EKG. So I went ahead and I stopped taking the, the medication. And the next day I went to the ED because I wanted to give myself 24 hours. The next day I ended up going to the ED, which was Saturday. Mm-hmm. Here we are Saturday mm-hmm. around two o'clock mm-hmm. PM. Mm-hmm. So here we are two o'clock PM. And, uh, I'm telling them what's going on. I'm thinking I'm having an allergic reaction to the medication, but I just want to make sure that my heart is good and everything's fine just to make sure that, you know, it's not a heart thing and it's more medicine related, which would be the the, the better of the two, right? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't want anything to happen to Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, they're, they're treating me fine and they're asking me questions. Um, but one of the questions that they were asking me was about my drug and my alcohol usage. Mm-hmm. And I was honest with them. Hey, you know, I, you know, I haven't had a drink in the past two months because of being sick and I'm not a heavy drinker to begin and with. And I would say initially that sounds like valid questions. Very, very valid. Yeah. Very, very because valid. Because if you're coming very, in here with a high heart rate, right. what's really happening? Right. I think that, that sounds normal to me. Right, right, right. To like, okay, let's rule that out. Right. So I explained to them that when I do drink, it's maybe two or three drinks, but it's on the weekend, you know, if I'm going out, enjoying myself, but I don't just sit around the house and, and drink. So, and the fact that it had been over a month since you even had a drink. Right. I had been sick that entire month and I was yeah. just in a hospital with them for two weeks and sick with COVID. So, not so a, like, even a week before. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Not even a week prior. Yeah. So um, here I am. EKG came back clear and they keep coming back and they keep on asking me more and more questions about drugs. So they're asking me about my cocaine use. And I tell them, no, I don't use any cocaine, meth, ecstasy, you know, they're just going down the list. And I'm telling them, no, 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 no. So um, while also telling them that you think it's the medication like you were reiterating right 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 right. and right. i keep telling them hey and explaining why you think that right but i'm but i'm still innocent because i'm not think i'm not naive. putting two, and two yeah. together i think that they're yeah, naive i think that they're asking me these questions because these are routine questions right right so uh here we are um and they did run my blood test which made them go ahead and run a ct scan because they saw that uh, my levels were high for uh potential pulmonary embolisms for mm-hmm. blood clots. So they ran a CT scan and wanted to make sure that everything was, everything was fine with my my lungs that I didn't have any blood clots going on, which was good that they actually did that because if they didn't, they would have probably sent me home 
with the anxiety pills and they would put me back on the steroids I was taking before. Mm -hmm. So before I get into that, um, they, uh, the CT scan came back and they found, um, like, uh, air air pockets between my lungs and my skin which is uh, common for people that were on high flow of oxygen. And during the time I was in a hospital, I was on a pretty high level of oxygen. I was on eight liters. So they were explaining that, but they wanted to keep me overnight. But prior to them finding the air pockets, the first doctor that I spoke to that was asking me the questions about the drugs, he wanted to send me home with anti-anxiety medications. And he wanted me to stop the, uh, the steroid that I was taking cold turkey Um, because he was under the assumption that I was there because of drug and alcohol abuse, Uh as opposed to me being there for an actual condition. But he had not verbally said that to me at that time. time. Mm -hmm. So here we are, we're probably about maybe five o'clock and it's about change of shift. Uh So luckily, luckily for me, that doctor ended up going home and that's when his colleague came in and his colleague was the one that double checked the CT scan Mm -hmm. because that doctor said that he didn't see any pulmonary embolisms. Right. And he didn't even see the air pockets. Right. He didn't see the air pockets. Mm -hmm. No. So his colleague was the one who saw the air pockets who wanted to keep me there. It just sounded like he, it was the end of the day for him. He Mm -hmm. had his mind made up. He's seen this before. This is routine. Yep. Not listening to you. Yeah. So here we are now back to what we were talking about before where, you know, these people are run the hell down. Mm -hmm. And this is not to give him an excuse because that's your fucking job. It is your job. At the end of the day, you first of all, if you were concerned that I was there for drugs and alcohol, you could have ran a drug test on me at two o'clock when I walked in there. Mm -hmm. Right. But no drug test was ran at that time. Right. Mm -hmm. And he did not once take the time to examine my body to look at the hives that I was telling him that I had. He just heard me say hives and he just kind of just overlooked it. And Mm -hmm. he kept going. He kept asking me questions. He ordered, you know, blood tests and he did things. So it appeared that he was trying to help me, but he wasn't really trying to help me. He was just trying to find the drugs. Yeah. And he wanted to send me home with that. So we could say on one hand, it's quite possible that this doctor is a good doctor, right? Just to play devil's advocate. This doctor is a good doctor. He's just run the hell down. People have been coming in and out of his ER. He's exhausted. He's trying to get home. And this was, this could have been a huge medical error due to that. Or we could say that. That's what kills people. And that's irresponsible and fucked up. Right. Right. Which is where, where I'm at. Right. So here we are, doctor number two. Doctor number two, uh, I, I really only saw him once. And I think that he was discouraged with me or he didn't want to spend more time with me because I was so adamant on not having to stay in the hospital again. So I was kind of giving him a little bit of pushback. Like, do I really have to stay here? Is this something that's necessary? Is this something that's necessary? Or are you just doing it just to, you know, make sure that, you know, um, um, you know, CYA kind of thing. Right. And, uh, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what happened to him, but, um, he ended up sending another gentleman and I was a little bit more sociable. So I'm kind of happy that I didn't have to interact with this guy anymore because he really wasn't saying anything to me. And he, it, truth be told, he was kind of just speaking to me through the curtain. So he didn't even walk in to actually examine me. So yet this is another doctor who is hearing my story, but, but is not, dismissive. but is not doing anything yeah. for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, the third doctor comes in 
and uh, he's a little bit more personable and he's talking to me and uh, he's educating me on everything that is going on. Um, he did not take the time to look at the hives or address it. However, he did, you know, tell me that it, it was to my benefit to stay there overnight. Right. And just make sure that they 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 rule out the idea that there is a leak in my lungs because that's one thing that they wanted to do because they had no basis of comparison because the first time I was in the hospital, they did not do any chest X-ray or CT scan on me to check for those air pockets prior to me leaving. Yeah. So, so what they were seeing today, they had nothing to That's compare to a week before. Yeah. So what he wanted to do was he wanted to have today's scan and then he wanted to have the scan for the next day to see if he was getting better or getting worse. And, you know, we were going to move forward from there. Mm -hmm. So I agreed to do it because for two reasons, a, I didn't want to leave AMA because being a clinician, I understand how important it is. What does you know, that mean? Uh, against medical advice. Okay. Right. Right. I'm sorry. Right. Um, so uh, I understand how important it is not to do that because if you do have to move forward with anything, Doesn't then it, it might not look yeah. good, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, then, and then B, something just told me, hey, look, you've made it this far. What's one more night? He's promising you you'll leave at 10 o'clock in the morning as long as everything is good. So just bite the bullet and just stay here overnight. But thank, you know, good thing I did. Yeah. So um, here we are again. But I'm noticing that, again, this doctor is asking me about drug and alcohol, right? So now I have three doctors in total that are asking me about drug and alcohol, uh, drugs and alcohol, not once, not twice, but about three or four times. But they were doing it in ways where it was kind of coming at me where I'm not really noticing it kind of thing. So finally, at 1130, they end up sending me from the actual um, uh, emergency department unit and they sent me to your um, room to my room mm -hmm. which was you know a three-wall room and a curtain so it's like not a room a room. shower <laughs> but but here we are and i'm uh in the, uh, the company of another nurse okay. so this is yet another clinician that's taking a look at me and I'm, I'm telling my story too and um sure enough what did she ask me yikes the drugs and alcohol. about drugs and uh. alcohol and uh i'm like i i answered all these uh -uh. questions down here why am I asking these questions? So at this point, I'm irritated yeah. because now I'm starting to put all this together. And I, and I say, hey, look, can we stop for a second? No one has listened to me one time since I've been here. Mm -hmm. All of you all keep on focusing on this drug and this alcohol question. What is this all about? So this nurse was actually kind enough to tell me that the reason why they were asking me this so many times is because they said well you came in here with a high heart rate yeah you're anxious and you're you're jittery so they were assuming that i was and with you're me. a vet and i'm a vet so <laughs> they're assuming that i'm here on some sort of withdrawal Ugh. whether it be from alcohol cocaine me so or much. meth yeah so i explained to her it's like look ma'am i'm my my heart rate is high because of this drug that I'm taking yeah. and I'm thinking that I am having some sort of negative reaction to mm -hmm. it because the same type of drug that I was on, but a different brand, my heart rate was not doing that before. I'm and they have record of that. And they have record of the it. Hospital. Exactly. And I yeah. kept on asking them to check my record, but no one took the time to listen to me because they were assuming that I was some sort of alcoholic or I was a junkie, yeah. which is scary to me because how many people that are out there that they've done this to not even just for COVID, but just in general, people that actually need help yeah. and they're assuming these things and they send them home with the wrong thing. And worse with COVID, because like we said, unfortunately, you can't have anybody with you in the hospital. So no one can right. advocate for you or vouch for you. Right. 
or like I it, it's so heartbreaking for me right. to even think about even more so now with COVID because right. people are alone and no one's there to speak for you right or advocate for you that's fucking scary and we'll and we'll, we'll certainly get back to that yeah we'll certainly get back to that but um so here I am you know trying to explain to them that I'm my, my heart rate is in the 140s, mm-hmm. 130s, just by doing nothing. And, and I'm she actually ju- listened. But she listened to, to me. Yeah. She didn't listen to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm just I'm just explaining everything to her because now I'm frustrated because yeah. no one's been listening to me. And now and you piece it together that they think you're going through withdrawals. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Ugh. And I told her I'm jittery because of the medication I'm on. Take a look at everything that you all have me on. This is why I'm jittery. And a man who no, you don't take anything. I take nothing. Yeah. And I'm nervous because I'm back in the you're hospital. PTSD probably I'm anxious. I Jesus. don't want to be here. I just spent 12 days here. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. You know, like yeah. I, how long am I going to be here this time? Fuck. You say it's one day. I thought it was going to be one day before and it turned out to be 12. You know, what's going on? You know, yeah. so all these things are going on. So then she actually had me pee in a cup. Okay. So then, um, while she was going to get the results for, you know, the, the, the urine analysis, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, highly offensive, but whatever, I don't, at this point, it's like you you already spit in my face, so I I'll, I'll give you what you want just to prove you wrong at this point. Yeah. Um. She actually did take the time to examine my body, and sure enough, she saw that I had hives from my face all the way to the just bottom what you of my were feet. Saying for the bottom of my nine feet. Nine hours. Were, exactly. <laughs> so here we are. I, I get there at two o'clock with the same complaints, and I didn't get anyone to take a look at me until eleven thirty at night. No food, no water. The only reason why I ate was because you brought me something. Yeah. No one offered me anything because they assumed that I was a junkie or an alcoholic or whatever you want to call it or, you know, however they want to categorize it. Right. So if I had just listened to the first doctor, I would have cut my medication cold turkey, which could have had some ramifications of, As you later because it's cutting out. the steroid, right. Yeah. It could have messed with my whole with, with, uh, adrenal glands yeah. because you're supposed to wean off of them. Right. And he would have sent me home with anti-anxiety medications and I wouldn't have known what was going on because I would have just thought, oh, maybe I'm just anxious and maybe this is what it is. Because mm-hmm. the way he explained it was because I've been spending so much time monitoring Worried my oxygen yeah. and monitoring my heart rate, which is what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. that I've developed this anxiety. So he wanted to just silence, you know, that with pills and medication, send me home. And without seeing that you could have potentially had something serious going on with your lungs. Right. That's also scary. Right. Right. Because they, he already had like blinders on. Mm-hmm. I know what's happening here. Right. Or assuming. But we're not done yet. We're not. We're not done yet. Yeah. So um, she finally took a look at me and, and now everything's starting to make sense because my feet were hurting that day. And I think I explained yeah. to you my feet were hurting, uh-huh. but I thought it had to do with, because even before the day before, I think I said something about my feet were hurting, mm-hmm. but I thought it was because I had been walking around so, so much, much because I've been sitting around. Yeah. Uh, but then that, you know, so that, that, that explained everything. So, um, finally, you know, I, I wish I had this nurse's name because I, I really want to write her something. I'm, I'm going to find out where her name is, but, um, she was able to get Benadryl, IV Benadryl order for me because I've been taking Benadryl already for the highs, but mm-hmm. the IV Benadryl is something completely different. Yeah. And 20 minutes after getting that IV Benadryl, I was able to walk had again. I was feeling a lot better. Yeah. I had some relief yeah. and, um, you know, it, it made things feel better, but, but we're still now dealing with the idea of the, the, 
the particular steroid that I was on. Uh-huh. Right. So um, I ended up staying a night and uh, they didn't give me any medication other than Benadryl. Uh, the, the nurse requested that we hold everything until I was able to be seen by the doctor the next day. So here we are now we're Sunday. Uh, Sunday morning, the, the, the doctor that I spoke to the, the night before that was the third doctor, the third doctor that was kind enough to educate Mm -hmm. me on things. Uh, he was saying that, Hey, you know, your, your heart rate looked good, yada, 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 which to me, it didn't mean anything because I had already been off of that steroid for 72 hours and you're only looking at my heart rate with me lying down. I'm not doing (laughs) anything. So what does that mean? (laughs) I've been telling you that, you know, my resting heart rate has been around the 100s. And, and looking at the monitor, it was. It was like 100, yeah. 105, you know, sitting down doing nothing, which is unusual to me mm-hmm. or for me, right? But at no point did anyone have me get up and walk around to, to test to see if it was going to go up to 130s just to prove my point. Yeah. So even just saying that really didn't give me a peace of mind, especially because I kept on saying, hey, look, I understand that you think that this is normal, but this is not my normal. Yeah. And if you look at my medical records which no one ever did. And if they did, they didn't take it in consideration in conversation with me. If you look at my medical records, you'll see that this is not usual for, for me. you. Right. It's not usual for me. So um, his recommendation was I go back home and I continue to take the same steroid, however, at a lower dosage. So, you know, I, I stood my ground and I said, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to take that steroid. It's not that I'm refusing to take any steroids. I just refuse to take that one in particular. Are there any other alternative options that I can, you know, take advantage of in order to still, you know, give my body what it needs in order to fight off the inflammation and not cause other issues, but just not this one because it is causing me an allergic reaction. Mm -hmm. I explained to him, I just got over being covered in hives and I'm still, I'm still kind of covered in hives. And you know, he says to me, you were covered in hives? Wow. And I said, yes. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you all this, but no one's been listening to me. Mm. You all assumed, and I told him, I was like, you all assumed that I walked in here and I was going through some sort of withdrawals. You wanted to dismiss everything that I was saying. But this one nurse that finally took the time to listen to me. And hours, actually look at you. Not only listen. Right. Right. Ugh. So his final solution was he was going to give me the same steroid that I was taking in the hospital. uh, That you were fine with. Fine with Mm -hmm. on the IV. They had it in a pill form. Okay. So. But only because you pushed back so fucking hard. I fought and I fought and I fought. Yeah. But, but as I sat back and I, you know, I thought about it, you know, throughout, throughout this entire healing process, you know, I, I did a lot of praying. And uh, one of the things I prayed for was, you know, God, give me the tools. God, give me the strength to, to get through what I need to get through so that I could be healthy again. So I could be the man that I once was so I can, you know, you know, move forward in life and I could get past all this. But as I sat in that bed, I was thinking, God gave me the tools this entire time from the very beginning. And the number one tool he gave me was the fact that I am a clinician and that I I work in hospitals. I have relationships with doctors. I know how to speak to these people. I'm not afraid to to put a, you know, to speak to them and see them as a human being that can make mistakes because I smoke and joke with these people, you know? Yeah. Like so I you know have the, that advantage. Exactly. I know at the end of the day that they're just people. So even from the very beginning, you know, when I first that Sunday when my oxygen was bad, imagine if I wasn't a, a, a therapist, right? Imagine if I didn't have a pulse oximeter. 
Which is probably what happened. Right. Imagine if I didn't check my oxygen and I didn't check my vital signs, which most people don't, I might not be here today. I didn't own one until, until this experience. Right. So here I am. I already had the tool to make sure, okay, I dodged a bullet here and I was able to know, hey, this was enough. I need to take myself to the hospital before I check out of here. Right. And then the second time around, just being in the hospital and being able to rule out what was going on with me and understand. Because if I just bowed down and listened to that physician, I would have went home back on the same steroid that I was taking before. Right. And God knows what would have happened. My heart rate, my heart rate would have stayed in that 130, 140 range doing something. I could have a had cardiac, some sort of cardiac arrest, some sort of heart attack. And you know what's fucked up? What would they have said? They would say die of complications because of COVID. Yep. (laughs) Or, or, or let's say that allergic reaction kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then my throat closed up on me in the middle of the night. Mm hmm. Because the hives started off just on my back they, and my groin area. Who knows area. where they would have stopped. And by the time. And, and, or and, what would have been next. Right. And by the time I made it Saturday, we were looking at what, 24 hours with me not taking it. So yeah. it was still obviously in my system, but it wasn't loaded. Yeah. Imagine if I reloaded it and we were already head to toe, literally head to toe. Yeah, kept compounding. I would have went home. I would have done his recommendation. And then what? It's really scary. You don't, you, we don't know. And it's know. scary because that's probably a lot of what's going on from people not being prepared to not knowing and then going to the hospital and having these experiences. Right. How many people have been dying unnecessarily? We're, and we're just talking about COVID because we could talk about just how fucked up the medical situation. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, so. It just really rubbed me the wrong way. And it really weighed heavily, heavily on my heart for, as you saw, you saw me Sunday. Yeah. I was like really down because I'm thinking about all the people out there that do not have the voice or do not have the understanding to know your body and to be able to, you know, have these conversations with these doctors. Advocate for yourself. To advocate for yourself. And then to tie back into what you're saying, now you're stuck in a hospital that doesn't allow you to have visitors. So now you're alone. Imagine if you're confused. Imagine mm-hmm. if you're, you know, you, you can't speak for yourself yeah. or you're afraid or you're uneducated or whatever. And you're used to having your mother or your daughter or whoever it may be, mm-hmm. you know, speak for you. Yeah. So all the people that are out there, you know, one of the things that I really advise for you all is a know your body. Right. And, and, and understand trust that and trust, trust it. it and trust it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean go out there and fight with the doctors and say they're wrong. And I'm not saying doctors are wrong. And I don't want to say that 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 particular doctor is wrong, because clearly my allergic reaction is something that is absolutely rare, which is why I don't want to say the drug's name, because I don't want to scare people or anything like that. But the fact that they they ruled it out altogether because it's rare, but rare doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. It at doesn't all. happen. It Correct. doesn't happen. So I, I had to convince that physician at the time to stop looking at me as uh, a number and look at me as an individual person, mm-hmm. right? You can't treat me like, hey, this doesn't do this. Like, no, this is doing this to me. Yeah. So I'm you have to look here. at me a little yeah. bit different. Mm-hmm. You have to look at me a little bit different. So for all the people out there, just know yourself. And and, and if you have that gut feeling, mm-hmm. ask questions. Right. At, do not be afraid to ask questions because these are human beings. These physicians are not perfect and again this is not me attacking them or anything like that I don't think but you just are. yeah but it's just reality right 
Yeah. Just make sure that they take the time, especially in a time like this where you are not their only patient, mm-hmm. right? Now, you're always not their only patient, but particularly now where hospitals are full, where there are two or three people in a the room, they're tense in some hospitals. These physicians are not just seeing their usual maybe 10, 20 people. Mm-hmm. They're seeing a plethora of people throughout the day yeah. and it's hard for them to keep track. So it's easy for them to possibly do some cookie cutter things. So just mm-hmm. understand that that is a human being that you are speaking to and that you might have to just make sure that they spend a little bit more time with you, especially if you have something going on that's a little bit more unusual than yeah you know the, the textbook and then also you know it, one thing that could help if you are in a hospital that you can't have visitors it might be a good idea to have someone that you love or someone that can advocate for you on speakerphone mm-hmm. or or on facetime yeah, or even or yeah. even hit the record button on your phone mm-hmm. So that you can, you know, have these conversations heard by someone else, because at the end of the day, whatever goes on between you and those those four walls. No one would know. No one would know. Yeah. Scary. No one would know. But we're going to be okay, right? We are. We're going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) We need we need Kanye to get out of of this. Donda, Donda, Donda. Is there is there anything else we need to, we need to touch on with that, or can we um, can we lighten the mood up a little bit and, and get out of change change the topic? Yeah, I think for I think we're good this time. I mean, there's other things to talk about, but we'll save that for another time because I think that was good. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. And I think that was enough, probably. <laughs> yeah, that was um. <laughs> But it was necessary, you know? Yeah, because it's real and it's relevant as fuck. This is what's happening <sighs> to healthy, young, active people. It's happening. Right. Even though, like, my experience didn't compare to yours, I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was. Yeah. But this is it's what's happening right now. Right. So. Right. It's important that we talk about it so people understand, like, being prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. And we're it's good because even though, you know, we don't get what we need from the news or whatever general ways of information, the Internet is your fucking friend. Like you can find anything out and it's important right right now to take it serious. Right. 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 So let's talk about Kanye. Let's talk about Donda. Talk about Donda. What do you think of it? I mean, it, to me, it was too much. Really? Yeah. Like, too many options. I can't do an album with, what is it, 25 songs? Uh, 23, 24. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. It's I believe too so. much. To me, I could have done with half of it. Okay. And I didn't I didn't hate it, and I didn't love it. It was okay. But I think I maybe need to do, like, another listen to it again. Because mm-hmm. there were some that stuck out that I really liked. Probably, like, gotcha. a handful. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I was. Um, I was really, really excited about talking about it on uh, Sunday because typically we record on Mondays. Yeah. So Monday, I was a little bit more excited to talk about it. Maybe after that, may, maybe it's just because of this heavy conversation. I'm not as jovial about it, but um, <laughs> but but I, I'll try to keep my energy up. But um, I, I'm not mad at the 24 tracks only because I feel like it was a safe way of putting out an album, especially an album like that and i say that because if someone is going to spend nine dollars or ten dollars or however much the album costs mm-hmm. if you could find nine songs 
out of that album that you enjoyed, which I found nine songs at least, or you know, close to it. Yeah. Then I think that that is a a, a healthy album. So I'm I'm looking at it as less of okay, this is 24 tracks that I have to listen to. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it as these are 24 options that I can at least feed nine songs through that I can now create my playlist and I can say that this is my Kanye album. Okay, that's a good perspective. So, um, you know, I I I really um. I really enjoyed uh, uh, the song 24, yeah, that 24 was a good hours. One. And then that little, that little pocket. So remote control. So I like 24 that one too. all the way to the, the song with, um, uh, I can't remember the name, but the, the song with uh, uh, Conway and um, West Side Gun. Though that's my, like my, my favorite section. It's not quite nine, but there are a couple others within, you know, below it that that I'm, I'm cool with the first five tracks I you know they, they weren't for me but this isn't to you know bash on an album or anything like that but I, I will say this I will say this because he is such a marketing genius and the way he went about marketing this album and making millions and millions before the album even released it almost outshined the album the, itself the actual album yeah yes it outshined the album itself. But I wonder if the times that we're in, that's necessary. Oh, 100%. Especially if you're trying to make money. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, Kanye West is a capitalist, right? Yeah. He, he, he's gotten where he's gotten mm-hmm. because he knows what the hell he's doing. And if you ask me, I think he cares less about the music and more about how can I beat these numbers. It's yeah. a numbers game to him. At right? this point. At this point. Because he's already proven. He's already proven Anything himself. he needs to prove. Exactly. On so many levels. Exactly. Exactly. And clearly, he's not done yet. Yeah. He's not done yet. And and maybe this is just me predicting things and I know that it's an edited album for a reason because it's a gospel album. Um, But my original hot take on the whole edited thing was I think he's going to release an explicit version when Drake drops. Yeah, you in order to that. get it streams again, it'd be I mean, genius. Why? Why not? Yeah, why not? Why? Why not get these streams going again? Because now people want to listen to it again without having to hear the pauses. You know? Yeah. Not that. Not that it matters to me. Like I don't need an album to have you know uh, profanity in it, profanity in it, or things like that. But um, I mean, it it does it does feel kind of incomplete when you're hearing those pauses mm-hmm. versus. You would think that if he was trying to aim for an album that was going to be completely clean, he would have told everyone that's creating a verse, just leave yeah, profanity out. Exactly. So that we don't have to do any do of that. that. Right. Yeah. So that's why it, it kind of leads me to believe that maybe there there's going to be another album that's mm-hmm. going to be put out that's explicit just to get the. It would make sense. Just to get everything going again. Yeah. But um, overall, I think that. um. I think that he's really changed the game as far as how music is distributed because now he's created this whole WWE wrestling like yeah. thing with mm-hmm. music release. Right? It was a production. It's a production. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's like Vince McMahon, like, like he's been studying Vince McMahon. Like, how can I do this? Okay. I'm going to create this thing where Drake and I are having a subtle beef back and forth. Mm-hmm. Whether it be a beef or whether it be whatever it may be, but here we are, we're all watching this, we're looking at this, we're all analyzing it, we're all involved, we're clicking, yada, yada, yeah, yada. It's entertaining as fuck. And we're still waiting until this Friday for Certified Lover Boy to drop and see what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then now 
here we are. We have Kendrick Lamar background. coming yeah. in here lingering because <laughs> I don't know who said it, but someone said Candyman, <laughs> and he is not happy. Yeah, he is I'm not most happy. excited about him. I'm most excited about Kendrick. Yeah, same for me. Now, now the album I'm most excited about is Drake's album. I'm not gonna lie. So okay. I, like, I don't know if we've ever had this conversation, but I'm not a giant Drake fan. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really give a fuck about Drake album yeah. in general. I don't. Uh, okay, so I can appreciate him, uh-huh. and I get that, but it's I'm not excited about it. So okay, so 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 let me say this: as far as an album that I think is going to have the most replay value for me, I think that Certified Lover Boy would have more replay value for me than uh, the the Kanye album the drake and the the kendrick album okay because i'm i'm assuming that so i say that because not to say that i think that drake's album is going to be better than those because Mm -hmm. i put them in in different tiers for instance uh to pimp a butterfly kendrick lamar to me that is not an album right to me that is a piece of art yeah right it is so if you're just listening to it in your car or whatever you're trying to listen to it in the gym you're you're missing the idea of what that album is supposed to be Mm -hmm. right it is something completely out of this world and i don't even like i said i I put it somewhere completely different than i would any other album that i've heard you know before there are a couple albums that i will put in that category but that is something separate and i and i'm almost wanting to put um donda in that same category because i think if if there was some sort of like visualizer or something that came out with donda right i think that donda will make so much more sense if you had something to go along with it to just see it as a piece of art as opposed to seeing it as a just an, as album. an album that you just yeah. bump and you listen to mm-hmm. right because if you if you just go through everything or even the way he released Which it. Which is probably why he did what he did. Right. He did it in stadiums. This isn't yeah. meant to be heard with your your Jaybird or your Bose <laughs> headphones. Yeah. This is meant to be heard to feel. Yeah. To understand it. To to have something as dramatic as the visuals, standing, like you said. Exactly right. the visuals. Didn't he fucking come down? Yeah. Like well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I didn't I didn't follow yeah. exactly. I'm not yeah, I'm not some all crazy into that, shit. But, didn't he walk out and fucking he was on fire he, i think he had like black on one of them and yeah he no i think he walked on out one. on fire and okay he one. did like he did he did the most he did the most but i think it's because that's how it would make sense. something is supposed yeah. to be received mm-hmm. not everything is meant to be played while you're working out or you're cleaning the house i see what you're saying so i think donda is going to be in that category and i really think with kendrick coming out with this album that's supposed to be his last album right i don't know if his last album period or last album with tde yeah i don't but, know but either way it goes, I think that that is probably going to be put on a different pedestal than Certified Lover Boy. So that's why I say I'm more excited about the Drake because I think that's going to be something that's going to have a little bit more replay value for me as opposed to what I'm assuming Kendra's going to release. See, I guess for me, it's the opposite. Like, I want the experience. I don't give a fuck about. Mm, okay. Like, that's you, don't, you don't give a fuck about the replay value? I don't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> give me the experience so how many times have you listened to pimp a butterfly um i don't know if i can count mm-hmm. so so a bunch right yeah i, I had a moment out. yeah I, out. I hope there's not too much of that yeah, yeah. so um all right well i guess that's that's fair enough fair enough 
You all right over there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you ready to get out of here? Sure. Yeah. 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 My, my, my medication is uh, uh, slowly telling me enough's enough, time? sir. It's time. To it's wind time. down. It's time. But um, yeah, we, this is this is an extended one. We went kind of long. Yeah, but it was necessary. Yes. Yeah. We had important things to say. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Hope we didn't have it too serious for you all. <laughs> we had a little little moment. Try to keep it light. Yeah. But this was a little hard. This was a little hard. But very it's personal. Real. Yeah. Very very personal. Mm-hmm. But um, thank you for listening. As always, this has been a, another episode of the Feelings First facts later podcast i'm accompanied by the lovely christina and i go by the name nathan mitchell and i hope to see you next time peace love and stay safe bye